Good morning, folks. Good afternoon. <clears throat> Hope you're all well. It is the final day here for me at the Late Night Grin for six days off, which I have framed for, for marketing purposes that I'll be gone forever, which is um, a very Holbert-esque choice. Nonetheless, um, I hope everyone is well. It is 3 p.m. here in Great Britain. It is 10 a.m. Eastern time. It is the Burt, the final edition of the Burt. Before I go away for a whole six days, I know again, can you imagine? Late Night Grim without Joseph James Holbert for six days. Terrifying. Um, my intention is to hang out, answer some questions, kind of put a, um, you know, give a chance for any sweeping topics that we want to cover here before I um, am gone for a couple of days. This is the time to ask any questions in that regard. Um, just basically hang out for an hour or so, check in with you guys, which is what I see the Burt as increasingly, as, especially now it's a paywall exclusive. I think it's a, it's a really neat way to kind of keep in touch with um, with you guys, who are obviously uh, our most ardent supporters. I'm sorry, you're going to have to wear that insult. Um, you know, and just answer questions, hang out, talk about some stuff that maybe we wouldn't talk about elsewhere, so on and so forth. So, if you'd like to leave some questions in the chat, uh, please do so. I will answer them. A glacial pace. I do want to quickly lead with, because there was some, like, people that hit me up about this. Um, obviously, it goes without saying that, like, everyone on this team, I, I'm, you know, I'm happy to speak for everyone because I know everyone's stancing it, but, you know, it's, and, you know, myself, obviously, um, Obviously, everyone's with Jay Shell. You know, I was, um, I reached out to Jay Shell last night. I was aware of this story a while back. I think, you know, a few people kind of in Jay Shell's inner circle were. And, um, I kind of just stayed quiet yesterday, not because I wasn't co signing Jay Shell or because I wasn't, you know, like on her side or whatever else. I did that just because. I was worried about how certain people, I believe, use real uh, issues and folks' real um, concerns, struggles, you know, ups, downs, and everything in between for the sake of Twitter discourse and point scoring. And I think in this one case, I may have been correct in that regard. I, you know, I think people really kind of made fools of themselves in using a human, you know, a 17 year old story to be awful, um, showy and actually, you know, shine a very different light on themselves than they intended. So look, it goes without saying we love Jay Shell. We're very proud of Jay Shell. We're obviously on her side. I just, you know, I think people could use some perspective on how they handle these things rather than just try and use it for fucking content on Twitter. I, I, I just think it's crazy. So obviously I spoke to Jay Shell. Um, we got her back always and, um, and there you go. So, all right, let me scroll through here. Um, all how good morning. First of three shows today, quite the day ahead. Indeed. Three shows. We have this very program here for the next hour. We have the 31 with Robert O'Neill episode two. I've spoke to Bobby. He seems pretty locked in on on um 
making some adjustments that mean that you know this will go a little bit better than last week. I know last week he, he had it really you know, went really well in terms of commercially, but he didn't get a chance to regain too much with Sean. I think he's made some adjustments and he's ready to ready to go for the big game day. So that's tonight, six oh five Eastern with SP three. It will be scheduled for uh, six. It will have a full five minute premiere. In fact, while we're doing this, let me make sure that's actually the case. So I didn't just make it up. My biggest fear is fucking up the presentation of this very program. I mean, it's the 31, you know. 75,000 views. Looks like your videos are getting more attention. Sorry to hear that. That's something YouTube just informed me of. Um, okay, the 31. Where are we at here? Yeah, it's a, it's a very prestigious show. I just like to make sure, you know, that everything's kind of set the way it should be. It is... I've been terrible if on the air. I realized it wasn't. All right. Um, so, yeah, the first one with, with um, SP3. And then we're going to be hitting play at 7. So, if you can get here at like 6.50, If you're watching Dark, then God bless. Just join us after. But um, we're going to watch Clash of the Champions 7, Guts and Glory. Um, it's actually a little bit of a longer clash. It's like two, 2 hours 10. Terry Funk and Ricky Steamboat, which is a really slept-on, like, Clash of the Champions classic. Um, two of the greatest wrestlers ever, obviously. It feels fitting considering the month we're doing Terry Funk. and um, It'll be myself. Oracle will get there at some point. Uh, I know it's, it's uh, Mama Oracle's birthday, so happy birthday to her. He'll, he may be slightly late, but he'll get there. Um, Bobby may be there, but ultimately, look, I'm going to hang out with you guys. I'm leaving literally like an hour after that show's done. So that's just a way to kind of show some love to you all and to spend you know, a little bit of time before I go. So there you go. Bright lights, but I'm trying to get Machine Gun to make a T-shirt. I even tweeted him publicly. You know? Hopefully it happens. First question, what's a last laugh match? I don't know, has that been booked? Um, I'd assume it's just a match that's like the end of a feud, and therefore the winner will get the last laugh. I don't know if there can be more than that. I mean, maybe it's like you have to force the guy to laugh, which seems bad. I don't know. Um, Morning Bill. Ah! Bill, I wanted to say, um, those Celtics, man, they fought hard last night. You know, as you know, I don't have a, I don't have any kind of, um, you know, dog in the fight, no horse in the race. I just want great basketball, as you know. Um, so I have no comment on the result, obviously. But man, they fought hard, you know. Meech, you too, bro. Hang in there, bro. You know, as you know, I have no emotional attachment to either team. So, just saying. I'm going to pretend you're at the cinema fair. Well, how? Howdy, off to Portugal. Andrew, very fired up. Three years ago, I'm actually going to write something about this for the paywall so that people that don't watch as much recently kind of know where the fuck I am. Because I know I'm only gone for a week, but in the grin, that's like 10 shows. Um, three years ago, I went on the exact same trip. And about a month prior... I had taken the gig of lead MMA writer for Fightful.com, which was a big deal for me because I've been on Fightful for about two and a half years. Um, I never wanted to be a news guy, but it felt like a real opportunity. And, you know, it was it was a good opportunity. And I was really struggling with it. And um, it honestly really fucked me up quite a bit. I mean, I was having uh, real issues with, like, anxiety and, um, you know, dealing with the idea that not everything, not every role is for you and try to figure out if that makes you lesser than or 
if that makes you like, am I just a fucking coward? Am I a quitter? You know, so on and so forth. But I spent the whole holiday just mulling it over and not sure what I should do. And then on the way home, I told Sean I was quitting. And look, to his credit, Sean was, I mean, he was wonderful about that and told me I was still part of the team and could do whatever I wanted to do, which I appreciate. But when I was coming home uh, from Portugal, I did not have any intention of doing anything in wrestling media anymore. I mean, I was done. Just absolutely cool. This is three years ago. And, uh, you know, in a weird way, this trip and this moment is kind of like a... It's about more than just taking the week off. It's more about like where I'm at now compared to where I was then. I mean, not that this is the summer or anything. We have a long way to go, but like that was a pretty pretty dark spot. I was in there for a bit. I was I was really really in a in a uh, in a rough stretch. And um, you know, since then there's been some falls, but I've mostly been walking up this hill. You know, and and. Again, you stumble a little bit, but you keep walking, right? So, happy to say I'm in a much better spot. Very excited for tonight. And, you know, it's having a week where kind of perspective is forced upon you, I think, can be good sometimes. You need to keep these things in mind, you know, just to stop along the way. But that's part of the journey, brothers. Here we go. All right. Yeah, I'm told there is another episode in the morning, Bob. I wonder if it will go as long this time. Appreciate you, croaky boy. Morning, Bob. <laughs> Very happy the bird is back on YouTube. My, my, what does this say? Um, uh, Very happy the bird is back on YouTube. My works internet blocks Twitch. Well, that sucks, man. I'm sorry about that. Um, I, uh, I try my best to upload them quick so that, like, like all of our stuff, so that's not a problem. Because I know for some people, different platforms and stuff. Um, the one thing is on the bright side, the Burt now will always be YouTube. The Burt is literally Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, latenightgreen.com. So you don't have to worry about it with the Burt anymore, which is, I know, because that's that time slot is much more when people are at, you know, work, doing whatever they're in the office or whatever. So, um, so there's some positive. Uh, obviously, you know, this is the last one before I go away. When I'm back, it will be those four days every week at this time and just kind of Q and a format. Um, can we talk about how, how hard it is to have any sympathy for Jeff Hardy when he is constantly risking other people's lives with his DUI and Nick's or should we keep it light? No, I, I think you can talk about that. Look, man, I, um, look, I don't want, I mean, it's getting, it's getting increasingly heavy here. I appreciate you asking, should we keep it light? But I, I think it's important to talk about, um, the only positive you can draw is that no one was hurt, but that does not change the fact that you're absolutely correct. He's 100%, yes, he is risking people's lives, and he cannot be allowed a license, honestly, at this point. Um, I think we all sympathize and empathize with what Jeff's battling, but that doesn't erase the fact that he's getting behind the wheel and, you know, what that means. And there is, you know, I think you can absolutely absolutely talk about it. I mean, we all we all want dudes to get better, but it doesn't change that it fucking sucks, right? It's bad. Um, so my thing with Jeff is, and like I'll just be totally transparent with you, and I'm pulling my punch on this a little bit because it's a real human being. I don't want to make it about other things. Like it's about Jeff and getting him right, but like I seriously hope that the people that are in a position to help the dude or like. Are in a position to protect the dude is probably the better word. Protect, 
I seriously hope they did what they could and mind their P's and Q's in terms of what, you know, what where the dude was at when he came in. Um, I got into this a little bit last night, but he was clearly not in the best of states when he did Comrade Sharma so many a weekend. Um, there are certain policies and kind of things, you know, certain um, things that AEW's approach to, frankly, have never been explored. No one knows. Um, dude's been there for three months and has done like a balcony dive and was booked for another ladder match after having one a week ago, not a week ago, a month ago. Got knocked out, double or nothing. You know, I don't know the man. I don't know why, you know, what he's, where his demons are rooted. I don't know if he's trying to deal with a certain amount of pain. I don't know if it's just, I don't know. I know nothing about it. I, I truly, you know, wish him the best. But I seriously hope that, you know, the, the folks in power are like, you know, were aware or tried or didn't just take someone's word for it and say, oh, he's cool. Let's just let him go out there and do what, you know, like, fuck that, man. No one needs to see Jeff Hardy wrestling anymore. It's more important that the dude's healthy and, you know, can be with his family and shit. Like, I don't, you know, forget one last nostalgia run. Just get to do where he needs to be in life. You know, he's, he's got a long, he should have a long way left. And um, so, yeah, I, look, I've been pretty transparent with you guys both before. I, I think the rest of the media, and look, I'll wear some of this. I don't really, you know, question a lot of it because I don't want to get into the dude's business. But objectively speaking, there are some questions that need asking. And I ain't going to make a big show of it and send a load of tweets about it, but let's be real. There are some questions that need asking. And maybe now isn't the time because Jeff is a human being and we, we that's where our focus is. But absolutely there is stuff about AEW that I think, you know, someone could actually ask Tony Khan. It'd be nice. That's not your question, Alan, I don't know, but I just thought I'd talk about this because, you know, I mean, it's, you know, your point is... Is nothing but truth. These are people's lives are on the line, you know. But yeah, no, I, I get. It. If you don't feel sympathy, I mean, I, I completely understand it. I really do. Absolutely. Um, curious to see what happens with Chris Bay and Ace Austin going forward in New Japan Bullet Club. It seemed like uh, like Ace Austin really got over um, with his cool thing, and um, you know, I assume. It's very difficult. Without impact schedule, you can kind of be a full-time junior. Honestly, a full-time anything, but especially a junior in New Japan. So, like, hopefully at least one of them gets booked consistently. Um, so I assume that will be the case with Ace. So, yeah. It'll be interesting. Bullet Club and Impact and that whole thing is kind of weird because Jay isn't around in Impact anymore, from what I can gather. So, I don't know. Has anyone has anything been said about the tag match tomorrow? No, nothing yet. I assume there'll be an update. Um, uh, thanks so much for your feedback about my articles I submitted. That's right, pal. No problem with that. Um, I'm sorry it took so long. There's a lot of them kind of logged up in my emails, so it takes me longer than than I would like. And once upon a time, I could get some a lot quicker, but I'm just kind of running on it as late. But yeah, it was, you did a hell of a job. I mean, I I like. Um, you know, I, I just like seeing people write wrestling features. It's such a rare kind of just outlier in the space. It, it's, you know, it's um it's cool to me. But great job, pal. All right. Let me, let me catch up here. If you had to send two people from AEW and WWE to go on an excursion around the world, who would you choose? Um, Don A. Martin who is spectacular, but I think is fundamentally 
has some stuff he could improve on. Um, even stuff as simple as his strikes would come a long way from doing a, a tour in or a few tours in Japan. Um, I'm trying to. Don't A. Martin. Let me think of another good one. Anna Jay, whose fundamentals just need sharpening. She's a, she's she's got a great poise for her experience level, but you know, talk about someone whose strikes would help from would benefit from a trip overseas. That'd be a good one. WWE is harder because their talent's younger. Um, one that would be interesting is Montez Ford as a singles. He's not like a super young guy, but he's never done it, so that'd be that'd be interesting. Um, I would also say I liked what Ivy Nile did with um, with Michael on NXT UK. So she's an interesting candidate. So there's a couple, but everybody's got less sort of young folks that jump off the page to me. But I don't watch NXT closely, so I think there's actually some, you know, like I mean, look, like Bron Breaker working in Japan would be interesting, right? So um, SP3 is great, really tremendous guy in the space. Proud to be a grinner. For the most part, you guys are almost at 1,000 subs. Isn't that what you get ad dollars and everything? Um, I think so. And we get like like actual super chats, but honestly, that stuff's very. Um, I don't think that's quite what it's cracked up to be. To be totally transparent with you and Frank, um, I mean, I appreciate it. It'll be cool, but I don't think it will. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't think it will lead us to the promised land, so to speak. So we, we'll keep grinding. But I appreciate, you, bro. Funk Steamboat match, it does rule, absolutely. Looking forward to watching it again tonight. Takeshita versus Kamaroto on Dark tonight. Honestly, when I saw the Dark lineup, I was kind of like, man, why didn't I? I should have just, um, we should have just watched Dark, but I don't know. It's the same we said for doing something a bit different. You know, Dark's always there, right? I think TK should replace the Hardys in the ladder match with FTR and have the Bucks win. It'll be interesting, man. Um, I wonder if. I wonder if the Hardys were originally intended to win or if the Bucks were always going to win. It's just a matter of finding a new team to be in the match. You said live TR. Be interesting. Um, <laughs> that's good shit. Robert O'Neill was commenting on our post. Oh, he's commenting on the morning, Bob. Piece of shit. Yeah, I'm just playing around. I'm sorry. I'm. I, I, it's true. I need. I did nearly. This. This could. This could age badly. That could. You know. They could easily come back and win it. They could. But I will say that was tough. Like, um, you know, when you when you adjust to Steph and play them differently, and it works as well as that did. You probably want to take that game. I know I'm not telling you guys anything you don't already know, but Jeff Van Gundy will seek on the Burt Jinx come Game Seven. There you go. I like Jet. Listen, man. I know everyone clowns him and dunks on him, and he is a fucking buffoon at times. But Jeff pops me tremendously. Um, he really does. Okay. What is Portugal like? I've been to Spain, loved it. Well, look, I'll be completely transparent. I mean, I'm not saying that I was, uh, you know, exactly exploring out there, but I would say if you like had experience like a villa in Spain. It's very, very similar. Would would be the best way I could. I mean, we actually have a grinner who um I want to say we have a grinner who who lives in Portugal. If they're here, they may be able to answer it. Breaking news. 
Impact is bringing back the reverse battle royal. Pump in my fist. Oh, God. That's a shame. That's a terrible shame. <laughs> I'm not going to go any further with this Boston talk because I fear it will. I fear, <laughs> I fear that jinx thing is true. You think Scott DeWall will be pissed at the good brothers they have no leverage? They just kind of need to accept it. Um, I think he will not be pissed because it's who the good brothers are and you have to just accept them as they are. Um, in terms of leverage, and I could be completely wrong about this, but my read on it has always been that they were just going to move on mutually. Um, I'm not sure that's the way it will be reported. I kind of think Impact would be nuts to want to re-sign them. And I say that as someone that has, you know, has love for the good brothers, but, like, they're getting paid very well and didn't, you know, have any business effect. Now, to be clear, a lot of that, I think, falls on Impact and their inability to make it a big deal and their inability to use a tag team as a top act and just their, you know, continued struggle with kind of making everyone feel like just another guy on the roster. But you're two years into the deal... You know, the good brothers being there or not being there doesn't change your business at all. There's no reason to pay them the way you were paying them. So I think he's not pissed because that's who they are. And he, you know, there's there's a kind of friendly element there from back when um, and Bullet Club and all those silly times. So I don't think he's pissed at them, but I don't, I don't think it's a matter of leverage. I think they're kind of, I think both parties need to move on. And that's just kind of how wrestling works, you know. Um, very much so. I appreciate this. Okay. I think the bloom is off the rose in regards to Tony Khan putting Jeff in a love, another ladder match after that pay-per-view performance was a massive red flag. Um, I think there's evidence that the bloom is off the rose for like AEW in general. But honestly, I think it's mostly people just getting where they should get with wrestling promotions, which is just like, it's a wrestling promotion, dude. Like, I mean, was that a massive red flag? Yes. Absolutely. But was it like unbelievable and not in line with who we kind of feel he probably is? Like, no. So to your answer your question, I would say yes, but I think we're really just getting to where we should all probably be at this point with wrestling promotions and wrestling people and you know. The Jeff stuff did have a big like Kurt Angle and TNA vibe. I saw a few saying that in like the sense that you know he's he says he's good. Fuck it. It's just in the one difference there, obviously, well, there's a few differences, but one of the differences is that, like, in the most sinister, cynical way ever, TNA could at least convince themselves they needed Kurt Angle. I don't know how the fuck you do that with with um with with Jeff in AEW. So I don't know. It's uh, I think I think the, the blooms off the rose in general, but we're probably just getting to where we should get as you know wrestling fans. And I, I've talked about this before on the green. I was massively guilty of this, like overly glorifying or like making AEW seem perfect was dumb. Like it's just, there's no big game from that. I don't work there, you know? So you'll be returning just in time to review Slammiversary. Absolutely not. I will not be watching Slammiversary. Um, I'm flying when Slammiversary's on. I'll never see that show. Um, okay. Appreciate this pal. I'm glad I stuck around too. Um, you know, it's, uh, 
There's certainly been some moments. Certainly been some moments where I was <laughs> I was not so glad about sticking around. But um but you know, ultimately it's something like something like this is is still very surreal to me. And you know, thankfully, Jeremy Lambert asked me to do the distraction. And we did it and we had a blast. And you know, I think you know, we all of that leads to here, right? So it's pretty cool. I mean, we're we're doing a, a dang Bob O'Neill talk show now. Three years ago, I couldn't stand Bob O'Neill. So I'm glad I stuck around too. It worked out. Um, huh. Agreed. Yeah. Anxiety is um, man. It's a it's a big thing. I, you know, when you go through a little kind of minuscule events in life. This is a very heavy show, but let's just talk shop here. When the MJF stuff was going down, I just had this feeling, and I couldn't shake it. I, I didn't want to talk about any big shows, and this is the paywall, and I feel comfortable with you guys, but I'll be real. I just had this feeling that he was fucking going for it. And the way some people reported it, I think that was true, and that was the case. And all I could think about was... I remember where I was at mentally on that trip. Should I quit? Should I do this? Should I say this? Should I, you know? And I was thinking, fuck, he's like my age. He's like a year older than me, I think. And he's doing all of this in front of, like, the wrestling world. <laughs> no one gave a fuck about me three years ago, you know? Um, so... I often look at things through that lens now. Like, I'm very, um, listen, we're all very flawed and we all work sometimes quick on the trigger in terms of making judgments. That's just what, you know, is what is human nature. But I do think the one thing you learn from really battling anxiety and those things where you really get stuck in your head, like you spend like a weekend, a week, a month, God forbid, more mulling over something, you really, I think, learn perspective on. Just letting people be. Um, I try my best when I think there's something bigger perhaps happening. I try my best to not to not throw that punch, you know. I, I think, and I don't know, look, again, there was just some hinting at it and some talk about it. I don't know what engineer, if I, I speak, I've never talked to guy in my life, I don't know. But um, I think when you, when you have those kind of issues of anxiety and stuff, it does give you some perspective. I just like, it's just... Let this do. He'll tell his story eventually. I, I don't need a judge, you know. So obviously, there's limits to that with certain pieces of shit in wrestling. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I agree. This is a neighboring problem as well, an addiction issue. Absolutely, it is and wrestling. And again, listen. Let's be very clear here. Jeff needs to want to help Jeff, and it's about him. But wrestling needs to do a better job around this dude. It ain't about fucking selling some Hardy Boy shirts or, you know, getting people to pop for the swan time. Like, enough. This this focus on what matters here. That's that's my take on it. It's frustrating part. Exactly. Yeah, get a ride. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the part that you can't. <clears throat> it's just, um, you know, you, you can't defend it, right? I mean, it is what it is. You can't. 
Jeff's situation makes me feel uneasy on many levels. The reaction post double or nothing bothered me. It did me too. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of reactions that bother me, quite frankly. And there's stuff that I don't want to do the both sides shit, but like there's stuff that people absolutely give them a pass on that they don't need to. Like they're, they're all grown men in that promotion. It ain't like a, you know, like he's a billionaire, dude. Like you know, just ask the question. Um. Okay. Yeah, Braun Breaker in Japan would be tremendous. He is struggling in the old full sale business, you know. Right. Don't aim best of super genius. There you go. Do you think there is actual heat between Rosa, Shafir, and Britt? I've been reading up on the situation. It's kind of funny since Britt doesn't sell at all. Um. So, Thunder Rosa, I think, appears to be a fun, likable, charismatic, and um, an enjoyable person to be around. However, I don't think I'm talking out of turn or breaking news to say that she has been broken to the business a certain way. She has been brought up in the industry a certain way. She's very protective of her in-ring presentation. She is um, a big believer in herself, which I'm absolutely for, and I'm, you know, I think she should be. And there is certainly a belief within wrestling, not even deep in, because I know it, and I'm fucking way on the outside, that she is very physical in there, and she's not always desperate to to bump and sell like a, like a um, you know, like Ricky Morton. Um, she wants you to to earn those, and she's gonna hit you pretty hard, and it's gonna be physical in there. And I think there's some women don't love wrestling her for that reason. Uh, I say all of that because it's very different. That is very different to being an actual piece of shit. Piece of shit. There are some wrestlers that just have their way. I think there was an issue with Marina in the. I think they struggled um, to find a balance between who was going to lead in terms of physicality. And I think Thunder Rosa kind of got a little bit disinterested or a little bit frustrated, and it came out the way it came out. Um, clearly, you know, Marina's gripes were were genuine to her. I mean, Mesta brings it up, and it's, you know, one of Roddy's best pals tweeted the fucking thing. So I'd imagine that came, not came from her, but I'd imagine that sentiment was, was shared. Um, Brit liking it is whatever. I mean, I think there was a, there was kind of a palpable heat in the promo segments. What does that mean, right? People don't like each other at work, is what it is. Um, I don't think Rose is like, you know, some people go so far with these things. She's toxic. and like, fuck, I don't know. I don't work with her. I think it seems like a lot of her peers really like her. I just think you may need to get through to her in terms of like, you're now at a position where you're so over and you're so important to this division. You're going to need to help others up, you know? And she's shown a great, um, ability to do that in a kind of as a trainer and as a just a presence in the industry she's done a great job in that regard but in the ring you know when you're wrestling someone like marina who's as raw as marina still is quite frankly you need to do a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of making marina look good and um if you don't it makes both of you look bad that's just that is what it is i feel bad for marina because i think it's pretty clear that her gripe here was was you know fair um and let's be honest about it, 
You know, she had a very tough start to her TV run. They did a poor job of presenting her, and she had that really rough match with Sky Blue. The Jade one went well, and it was like, okay, maybe she can get some momentum. This was the next one, right? So on TV anyway. So I felt bad for her because that's that's a tough spot to be in. But, you know, this shit, like the one key is, is like people have to work this out properly. Like hopefully someone actually, an agent talks to all the women involved and they can try and figure it out. Um because otherwise it just stays on Twitter and gets all this very weird passive aggressive energy, right? Which is good for no one. So there you go. Um yeah, I agree. I, I think they probably will do they'll probably do the TV taping after Slamversary and like put some teams over it, you know, just to kind of put a bow on it. But yeah, I think they're done. Yeah, I don't know. We actually had a pretty long conversation last night about um about impact and you know i i do feel i have a lot of sympathy in the sense that i do get this i, I do genuinely believe that you could book it many different ways and people still ultimately don't care perception is reality however when you look at the main event they're running on sunday and i've got all respect for eric young but come on man There is an inability to make guys stand out from the pack. And if that's an AEW problem where you just have 20 top guys, it's still a problem in some ways, but it's, you know, it's more of an embarrassment to Richie. It speaks more to the depth. It isn't a good problem to have when you're in pack because that means none of them are stars, you know? And that's something they really struggle with. They have, honestly, for 20 years, <laughs> that has always been an issue for them. Like, it used to be people used to joke about it, right? Like, you know, fucking John Cena could show up in the impact zone, and within a month, he would feel like just a guy in the impact zone. And it's just, it's, they, they really have an issue with that. Um, owned. Right. Had the same feeling about MJF. Anxiety is fucked up. Sometimes it clouds the judgment. So much the only option one could think of is run away to avoid dealing with it. I actually, um, I really worry about Max in terms of um, trying to play a character in public. And I think this quickly became like an interesting case study in terms of how dangerous that can be. And let me be very clear, maybe the whole thing is, you know, um, maybe the whole thing is, you know, it's all a work, and they work the boys. And if so, bravo, man, great job, whatever. But my belief is that that weekend he was going through it a little bit. And I think it's a real shame that his commitment to the character put him in a position where he was a boy who cried wolf. Um, I think it's pretty clear that he was, you know, talking to certain reporters and getting stuff out there. I, I don't know that. I just think it's pretty obvious. But when... A story can easily be believed because people think you're an asshole because you've played one for years. That's really difficult. You know, the story about Max wants an increase in pay but not an extension. I mean, that was shot down immediately. People still believe that because people believe Maxwell Jacob Freeman is an asshole because they see him play it on TV and in interviews for the last four years. He's never let the... I mean, he's done it a couple of times, but in, the, in generally, compared to most wrestlers, he hasn't let that kind of... Um, he hasn't let people in. So people are willing to just believe he's an asshole. Of course he wants more money and not extend his contract. That's never the case. That would be insane. So, um, 
I I have a lot of sympathy for him, and I I hope he's good. He's a young dude, and he's got a lot. You know, there's a lot going on. I'm not always the biggest fan, as you know. I, he frustrates me as much as he uh, entertains me. But you know, I, I hope the dude's good because I, I think that was probably quite the experience. Now, again, maybe they just worked everyone right. Great job, but I don't. I think that was the case. Um, almost two years since JJ watched his first distraction. Big pop. Yeah, no one knew who it was three years ago. I wasn't saying that as a diss. I mean, just you know, feature right. Who the fuck gives a who cares, right? But um, I appreciate it. Okay. I was going through burnout and anxiety when I found distraction late night green, so I appreciate you talking about and treat it. Well, it's very important. I mean, I was very important to Jeremy too. Um, you know, the uh the the real blessing of this is and you know, I I don't want to kind of sit here and make a big show of it because ultimately it's you know, it's it's a wrestling podcast, right? I mean what you know what we're doing here is there's people doing really important things in life. But I do get messages pretty regularly of people saying, like, you know, this was a tough time or this was, you know, this was a rough thing and this week was bad or whatever it is. And, um, you know, the idea that we helped, it's like it matters to me. I mean, sometimes I think you all and the guys think I'm fucking nuts for how serious I take some of these shows. But it's like I think people, you know, if people want it, if they're looking forward to it, they should get a good show. Um you know, I think the distraction kind of give me that perspective. But, I mean, we'll always talk about it. I mean, I never want to be the guy who comes on here and he's really going through it. And he's like, hey, guys, you know, here we are. Like, it's not, it's not, it's not me. So you kind of see me go through it and hopefully that helps. I mean, it's probably not the most, like, enjoyable experience sometimes, but it's a an honest one, right? And, that's, you know, we're human, so it's what it is. Um, my god I tried to be a journalist when I finally got doing it I was so riddled with anxiety that but many of the functions of that job and had to move on to something different it's a bummer it is and when you make that move while there's a relief there's this undying you know kind of thought in the back of your head of like, I just fucked it up I just wasted my time it's brutal all I know is that TK can't reward Jeff's behavior. If you remember, Jimmy Uso has ruled with tag titles after his last DUI. Indeed. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I uh, My gut feeling on it right now, based on how over the limit Jeff was and his history, they should pay for and greatly encourage um, you know, Jeff to, to go and get some help. And I think they should very inter- internally be very ready to not have him wrestle ever again for them. Now, I wouldn't throw him out in the cold unless he refuses to get that help, in which case you have a different problem. But certainly, yes, you can't reward him. Absolutely. Anyway, a lighter question. Indeed, I'm sorry, guys. This has been a little bit heavy. Disregarding injuries, number shit, what will be your free forbidden door marquee matches? Mine are Omega Shingo, Danielson, Zack Sabre Jr., Mox, Tanahashi. Disregarding injuries, so this is a clean slate. I'm going to do a clean slate. I don't know if it's exactly been. I think it is because you said Omega and Shingo. Fuck it, let's do it. Tanahashi and Punk, Danielson and Okada, Shingo and Eddie Kingston. That's my that's my one. Suzuki and King may happen. I think. I hope so. 
Um, hmm. Ronda says she can't lead, so relies on her opponent to make the match out. Would Marina possibly be similar? Absolutely, man. Just inexperienced wrestlers are similar, you know. People don't realize with Ronda, like Ronda has pretty good instincts, and she's very obviously, you know, athletic for in pro wrestling. I mean, she's an Olympian, right? Um, she had good instincts because she'd watched wrestling and got it. Like, so if you watch how she sold early on, she got selling. She figured it out totally. But what people don't quite grasp is that the like matches she would have on pay per view were like, I mean, choreographed is not even the word. Like. And there's nothing wrong with this. I'm not saying that ain't a real worker or whatever, but like they used to go to the PC and just match those matches out front to back. They were basically fight scenes, which is still really hard. Don't be wrong, but I mean, I've told you guys before, I saw her work uh, at Wem, no, O2, they, they did her and Alexa on the house show. And like, trust me, that was very different to the sort of matches she was trying to pay you because that was a house show match. They hadn't, you know, spent a, a year putting it on. So she just sold the whole time. You need to be in there with someone. Here's the problem, though. Ronda works as a babyface, right? Heel can lead a match. There are very, very few, very few babyfaces that are good enough to lead a match from underneath. Very few. Eddie Kingston, we just talked about, about him and Shingo. Last Friday, I was talking about him and Hager. He's one of the only guys. If you watch, watch the Hager match closely and watch who's directing traffic and watch who's figuring out where things need to be, and watch who's up in intensity when necessary, bringing it down when necessary. There are, like, literally a couple guys in the world that do it. Most of the time, the veterans will be the heel worker because they're going to lead the match by just nature, nature of structure. So it's more difficult for Marina in that regard. So there you go. All right. Um, Jay really should have been the big bad for Josh to overcome rather than Moose. Fair. Yeah, there's a good example. Will FTR start coming out of the AAA belts again after Forbidden Door? Probably. I don't know, man. That's just one of those deals where it's like, I, I um, I don't really, I don't really know how any of that stuff's working right now. From what I gather, there's just the belts don't matter, so it's like fuck it. But how often have they wrestled in AAA? Like twice? I don't know. It's strange. Um. Bailey seems to be the opposite. Tries to help bring folks up and forget she needs to look after herself too. It's a balance. Bailey is the perfect example. Like, if you take Bailey and take Charlotte, right? Bailey is going to make less money in professional wrestling than Charlotte Flair. She's going to win less titles. She unfortunately will probably be less remembered in the kind of WWE, you know, chronicles where they talk about who's the greatest wrestler ever because Charlotte's their goat. That is what he is. But. And I'm not saying people will be mean about Charlotte, but I'm pretty confident that in terms of peer recollection, Bailey will come out on top in that regard because people will appreciate what she did for them. Unfortunately, that doesn't pay the bills. Now, Bailey will be fine. She's going to be, you know, making money for the rest of her career because she's a fucking horsewoman. She's a legend. She's had great matches. And as long as she wants to, she should be able to go out there and take pictures with people and sign eight by tens and be a big old wrestling star. But she's at a very high level, and that's an example of it. Someone like Thunder Rosa, to, to your point about being a balance, when you're trying to grind on the indies and try to get a name and try to get an aura as a badass, you can't just sell for everyone and go 20 minutes for everyone and do what's right for us. It's difficult. You know, you have to prioritize yourself sometimes. So it absolutely is a balance. I just think someone needs to get through to Rosa and maybe say, listen, we appreciate that. That's what makes you you. We love that intensity. We love that fire. But 
we ain't, you're not left to worry about falling on this card. You're factored in, you're pushed, you're one of our top women. We now need you to help out others. That's that's the key. Um, Oracle seems keen that AEW matches, possibly the more the women need strict agency. Absolutely. Um, I think it's difficult because you don't want to limit certain guys, right? But I definitely think like tight structure is, is good. Like if you watch the Red Velvet Chris Statlander match, they did some really creative stuff and different stuff. If you actually watch it, structurally, it's very, very simple. You know, I mean, it's you just don't notice it because it's done well. You know, like Velvet's cut off was like a really cool. I think she did like a she did some really awesome deal, I forget. Crystal on knees, I forget. But um, you know, I think it's having very simple wrestling matches and doing them well is way better than having elaborate wrestling matches badly done, you know? And with inexperienced wrestlers, man or, or woman, I think that's important. You just have to do the basics right and it will actually come off a lot better. But, um, yeah. Well, Meacher, as we know, Meacher scoops though. Um, but in all seriousness, MJF is... Uh, I have never interacted with him, but the anecdotal evidence I have is that he's a, he's a good dude. I know he's talked in a lot of interviews about being a big old nerd. and um, I know he's a big early 90s WCW guy, which is very much the same as myself. So, absolutely. Um, you know, MJF, we have a lot of fun on the show. But my, my read on it was my read, and hopefully he's good. Um, appreciate this very much, Crokey Boy. Shingo and King would slow, absolutely. It'd be awesome. Rosa is quite good in the ring. Agreed, for sure. I like that she works stiff. Her best opponents in AEW so far are the ones that can work with that style, like Deeb and Sheeta. I also think, though, there's like a respect level there, right? So um, I'm, I'm with you. I also like that she works stiff. But I think there's a respect level with a Deeb and a Sheeta that maybe isn't there with Marina Shafir because she probably sees Marina Shafir as being really green. Um, and that's where you kind of get into, you know, it's like guys like, um, I'm trying to think of someone who was famously stiff. You know, like you bet your bottom dollar that Bob Holly wasn't fucking punching the Undertaker over the head, you know? But some, you know, some poor dude who just got called up from OVW, he was going to whack him. I mean, that's just the, that stuff's all part of it. I'm not, to be clear, I'm not comparing Thunder Rose and Bob Holly. No shoot would pop for that, but you get my point. In case you're wondering, there's no Burt Line news today. I don't know if that bit's still alive. Bob's really kind of big time just since he got the talk show. Speaking of Bob, the 31 with Robert O'Neill is back tonight. 605 Eastern. SP3. Very exciting. How much did you grin that Alexis Bliss is really back in a tag team with Liv? Alexis with tag teams always seems to enjoy herself. Bliss Cross in the pandemic was fun. It was fun. Um, I actually watched... Uh, well, firstly, it popped me. I was having a lot of fun with this on Twitter because our, our pal Monty, um, <laughs> he, he and I have, you know, we about a month ago we were doing a podcast when she first came back, and we was kind of we both kind of conclude this is a good spot for both of them. Um, <clears throat> I kind of think Liv should win Money in the Bank, though. So I don't know if it will be long lived, but um, we both kind of thought this would be a good idea. This is the kind of thing that, like, I have no faith in them doing right. But if you did it correctly, this thing could go over huge. Like, they would go over big as baby faces. Um, and then eventually you obviously do the Alexa turn. 
and she reverts the tie-up and, like, it would go, I think, pretty strong. Do I have faith in them doing any of the things I just said? No. Absolutely not. Um, but, you know, it's it's good, sh- it's good shit. I mean, I, their Raw Talk promo was fun. So, yeah, I was happy to see it. Happy for Monty and I. Josie, I think you mentioned you're planning to watch more and different wrestling in coming months. What promotions and wrestlers in particular are you hoping to explore? Well, I want to... Um, some of you will remember this. This is very distant now, but it did happen, I promise. I remember I watched the um, the Noah show where they did the infamous title change where Muta won. And um, that promotion has really spiralled since. But my big thing is a wider understanding of the Japanese scene and in particular the Joshi stuff. I mean, I'm so uneducated. I've hardly I've hardly seen the top, you know, the top women in that in that um space. Like I've seen most of them like once or twice. And that's, you know, kind of lame. Um so that's something I want to do, I want to watch more of. So like I'd probably be starting with like stardom and trying to figure out and you know, but the big thing for me, and you guys know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a television guy. I, I enjoy wrestling television as a concept. And uh, I just want to have more of an awareness of what's going on. If you go through, the, there's times where I think the content's been better because of that, and there's times where I've dropped off. Recently, I've dropped off um, and just kind of stopped, stopped caring. But just taking a variety not putting all of my fandom in, you know, putting all of it in one basket, so to speak, and and latching onto one. This needs to be exactly as I want it to be. Otherwise, like, and because this is what I was saying about Kyle O'Reilly is like, from my perspective, whatever I think of Kyle O'Reilly, like, the correct response to Kyle O'Reilly getting a push, you know, and he's not like the world champion. He's just like kind of singles. If we're being real, the actual correct response is like good for Kyle O'Reilly. But some of us, ask myself, myself, we get so attached to AEW as this like idyllic land of the wrestling I like. It's like, I don't want him to get pushed. It's like, what the fuck does it matter to me? I mean, I'm not, (laughs) he's having killer matches too. So I ain't going to sit here and whine about it. So I just want to get to a point where my, I just, I watch it all and I judge it for what it is, not what it could be. Sometimes when you do what we do, you have to about what it could be. You have to take a step back and say, well, hold on. Are they telling this story as they should? Are they doing this right? Are they doing that right? That's important. But if you do that every single show, you're going to drive yourself crazy. Very, It's very, very important to judge stuff for what it is and not what it could be. Do I think Ricky Starks should have been elevated last Wednesday or Powerhouse Hobbs? Frankly, yes, I do. Does it make any sense to review Dynamite through that lens? Not really, no. What did Carlo Riley do? How did it work for Carlo Riley? Let's talk about that. And, you know, just... Having a more balanced take, more balanced wrestling diet, I think is pivotal to losing, not losing perspective on what are you actually trying to get from this, you know? Is this your sports team? You know, is, is AEW your sports team? You're mad that O'Reilly's getting the ball too much and shooting too many frees? I don't know. That's not the kind of fandom I want to be rocking with. So just kind of getting some perspective on what you're doing and stuff. But to, just, to answer your question, the Japanese scene, the Joshi stuff in particular, I need to, I need to get better on that front. And it is hard because, you know, like doing the shows and stuff, I need to kind of, there's certain things I need to get up with and it takes my time elsewhere, but hopefully. Um, you can really see it with Suzuki when he gets the glint of, 
devil, man. I want to rough someone up a bit. In Foxy, it's probably shitty behavior. Look, man, it is what it is. Like, this is one of those things where, and this is where I, I mean, this is a bigger topic for another day, but like, says some undertones to the Rose and stuff that I really roll my eyes at, you know? It's like everyone's cool with this stuff until it's like someone that doesn't perfectly fit into their like neat, you know, box of stiff, unprofessional awesomeness. It's like if there's a dude who's PC trained and he's on SmackDown and he clobbers some people and, and like he's kind of dangerous. It's like my your immediate reaction is that it's like this guy's badly trained, fuck him. But it's like, dude, I have a Vader action figure looking over me. I should tell him. <laughs> Vader used to beat the shit out of people. We're all hypocrites. Suzuki, he absolutely revels in in basically bullying people in there. Is what it is, man. I, I mean, I'm not necessarily tell you I'm consistent with it. I just generally try to just like, you know, is now with Rosa, I gave you my take on that. But I certainly ain't like some people talk about it like she's the devil because she didn't take a suplex. Here's a fucking nothing to do with me. I mean, much worse putting in wrestling than someone that doesn't always want to play ball in a TV match, you know? But yeah. It's shitty, but it'll pop all of us at times. It is what it is. Morning Bob is very controversial this morning. You should find him. Consider that done. Probably be owing me money here soon. Um, Joe, would you like me to take over the Burt Line news? Well, no, because Robert has Burt in it. JJ doesn't. Joe, did you see any clips of Rob Van Dam at Cyber Fight Festival? He moves great for a guy his age. There's a good chance he ends up beating Kojima for the GHC title. I did. He looked great. Um, I was, I was very, uh, I was very happy for him that he looked as good as he did because I think all of us kind of rolled our eyes and honestly kind of dunked on it at times. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I. I did see it. I saw the little reel that was posted on Reddit. I was really, I thought it was cool. Uh, I'm not desperately in risk with Satoshi Kojima in 2022, but you know, fuck it. Let's do it. I mean, a monthly, bi monthly Joshi Green show of you learning and discussing with Rule. I agree, but this is where <clears throat> we're kind of limited in what we have here. And this is just, we'll be totally upfront and honest with you guys. I never wanted the Grin to host people weekly that aren't getting a piece of the pie, okay? There's five of us, and we're a team, and the sh whatever the show makes, that's ours, right? And that, ma that means something to me, because that's very uncommon in wrestling media. Um, we obviously have people to come in, and Alex, you know, he comes in for the, the green grappler, and I love Alex. Jack is Jack, he works for CBS, fuck him. But the problem we run into is it sometimes is limiting because we haven't got anyone on our team that could play the natural other role on that podcast, which is really that podcast would work best if it was myself and someone that knows what they're talking about, right? Now, I can do a solo on the paywall where I just talk to you guys. I'm happy to do that. And honestly, that would probably just be on the bird. But what I'm getting at is it would live by the paywall because I'm just so uneducated on top of it. I don't want to, you know, kind of be one of those guys who's talking about stuff he doesn't know. So... Um, that's just one thing where the way we do things, as cool as it is and as collaborative as it is, it's limiting because not all of us, that's one blind spot for all of us, you know, there's only five of us, so, um, but when I watch stuff, I'll talk about it on the bird, so we can kind of have that as like a running thing and, you know, I'll keep you updated on how it's going. Um, there you go, they announced great matches for their new Blood Free show, free on YouTube and their 700th pay-per-view. 
of the year in July. I saw Dave's right up on the pay-per-view stuff. My God. Right, I'm only explore that. Okay. Um, I love watching old wrestling. Try to do WCW. I've watched 95 to 98, but start to struggle when I start watching new stuff again. Yeah, it's hard. I would say if you want to do the uh, old WCW stuff, don't be afraid to go pre-Nitro. I'm telling you, that stuff's really good. I mean, it's a lot bad, but there's some good stuff there. Should I drive 10 minutes to see Gresham wrestle next Monday? Yes, I think you should. Gresham is very unique. I'm a big fan. I know some people are slightly um, dismissive of old octopus shooter man, but I think he's a really special wrestler, actually. And, um, you know, uh, I, think you should, I think you should check him out. I think guys like that, they're very own unique flavor. I think they're always saying special about that. Yeah, there's almost a bit of sexist undertones when it comes to criticism. Rosa, and same thing, Making says there's always sexism and concern showing when it comes to women in wrestling. It is awful. Not going to lie, Joe, you and Oracle made me appreciate unprofessionalism in wrestling. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, no, yeah, absolutely, it's true. I mean, like, you know, like Brock and the Braun thing is brought up, right? Like, a big old meathead like Brock fucking punches someone in the head because they got a little bit stiff with him. And it's like, oh, how? You know, or even I did it, like, when, when Joe wrestled Johnny Elite, it popped me huge when Joe was just, like, chopping. Like, he clearly was just hitting Johnny hard because he had enough of that shit. So you have to be very careful. Now, do I think, sort of objectively speaking, the role that Rose is currently playing, it would be a good idea for her to kind of start being more giving because she's so secure in her spot, probably. But I'm not going to sit here and judge her about it because I do think there's sexist undertones to that. I, do, I just do. I mean, you know, and obviously, it's not me dismissing Marina's gripe, obviously. I'm talking about the way people are talking about it, you know. The discourse, so to speak. Um, you know, and yeah, this is it. Like, look, I love fantasy booking. You guys know that's my shit. I'll always be fantasy booking, but you have to be very careful of what Andrew talks about. Just like booking one thing and being mad when that's not exactly what you get. Like, that ain't really how it works. Uh, you have to at some point judge something for what it is and not what you want it to be or what you think it should be. It's just it will um it will drive you crazy. Gresham was an hour away from me in February. I didn't know and got it. I missed it. He does not do a great job, I will say, of like telling you where he's at. Because I thought he was hurt for a stretch, and I would like went on Instagram, and there was like a picture of him. Someone, a fan posted a picture of him in like working WXW, and I was like, <laughs> I guess he's back. He worked like a whole, you know, loop. He didn't do a very good job of telling people where he's at. But I want to see. That's another thing I want to do is too is like more live wrestling. And, Hopefully, Papa Holbert enjoys progress and we can catch a few more of those and, you know, it'll be fun. All right. Wow. Look at this. I drove two hours to see Gresham versus Ortiz. Very worth it. That's very cool. Throwback ring on a title match right there. Um, okay. The Burt. This has been fun. I really enjoyed doing this over the last, what is it, month and change, maybe less. Um. Nice sense of structure to what we do here. I like it. Just to reiterate, show's not going anywhere. Paywall exclusive. This very much, this kind of format. Um, there will be times where I have topics to talk about, and so the questions will be less so, but it will be very loose. Tuesday through Friday. Um, obviously, this is the last one for vacation, but when I'm back, it will just be back to normal. Um, so, 
tonight, six oh five Eastern. Remember it, folks. This is very important. Six oh five Eastern, thirty one with Robert O'Neill, episode two with SP three. Very exciting. Get ready for that one. Watch it live. It's always best to watch those shows live because we all watch them together as a family. Last week, genuinely, not even being uh, hyperbolic here, has to have been my favourite experience uh, from this from you know this kind of time in this space. It was unbelievable watching you guys react to what we'd produced there, and it genuinely. Um, it really did blow me away. And shoot, too. I, we were both kind of adorable. And bless Bobby. I mean, the fucking best. Um, so if you can come out again for it tonight, that'd be appreciated. There's going to be one of these every week for the next few. Um, there's going to be six episodes in season one. Tonight is episode two, so enjoy that. And then when that's done, head over latenightgrin.com, WCW, Clash of Champions 7, Guts and Glory Grin Along, about two hours and change of myself and a couple of others, hopefully, or maybe just myself. We'll see. Um, watching some pro wrestling, having fun and hanging out before I head away. So I appreciate you all. Got you all. I'll see you later tonight. I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope you've enjoyed the burp. Uh, it will be back a week from today, hopefully. Maybe maybe a little bit more. Maybe it'll, it'll be take a little bit of time to get back, but I think it'll be a week. Um, and yeah, keep grinning, folks. Love you all very much. In the meantime, enjoy this outro. Watch the 31. Remember that. But here's Bobby.